Hi, and welcome to Build 'em Up, where we hear from great people building the health and well-being of rural communities right around Australia. This Build 'em Up podcast is proudly supported by NBN. I'm Claire from the National Rural Health Alliance, together with Gabrielle, our CEO and passionate rural health advocate. Thanks, Claire. And in episode 12, we're catching up with Kylie Toynton, a speech pathologist from Rocky Glen near Coonabarabran in northwest New South Wales. Kylie's practice, Language for Life, operates at full capacity, unable to meet the great demands for her services. Welcome to Build 'em Up, Kylie. Thank you so much. I'm really delighted to be speaking to you both today. Well, that's terrific. Now, Kylie, what was your qualification and training pathway to rural practice in the first instance? Well, I started off at uni in Melbourne. I grew up on the North Coast and moved to Melbourne to do the course in speech pathology. There weren't that many universities doing the course in those days. But I moved down there and decided to move a bit closer to home just for a little while uh, before moving back to Melbourne. But I then met a farmer when I moved to Coonabarabran and married and ended up staying here and I'm now 21 years in. That's great. That's a lovely story. So, Kylie, you recently won an NBN Innovate grant to expand the services you offer. But before we get to that, can you share your experience of rural children not receiving healthcare when and where they need it? Yeah, I can come at that question from two perspectives. One as a parent of three beautiful daughters, but also as a professional. So there's always been a huge demand for services in rural areas for all allied health services, more than we can meet. Uh, And I really want to make sure that our children get the best services that they can in the timely manner. Uh, I've also experienced it as a parent looking for services for my children and knowing how hard it is to wait while you're anxious and worried and not knowing what to do in the meantime. Thanks. And when we think about, well, certainly when I think about treating speech and language difficulties, I picture a face-to-face interaction and care from a speech pathologist But you're also on a digital journey. So can you tell us about the platform that you've been building? Yeah, I'm really excited about the work that I'm doing now to build a digital platform to really support parents to find the knowledge and skills they need to help their children. Uh, It definitely is wonderful being one-to-one with kids and working in that way. But while parents are waiting, I think they need to know that there's something that they can do and that they have the skills to be able to do it because they're with their children all the time. And I'm really passionate about providing that training for parents so that they can feel confident and competent to help in the meantime. And that's the sort of question, isn't it? You've you've noted that you often get is from parents, you know, what can I do in the meantime? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think sometimes we we imagine this magic one that therapists have that will get into the room with the kids and be able to immediately fix a problem. Whereas parents are there 
all the time in everyday environments where communication is happening and we can really do something in those moments. And sometimes parents don't Mm. see that they have that power as well. So with your platform that you're building, what, what sort of supports and strategies can you give parents or will you be giving parents? Well, I really want to enable parents to know what normal development of speech and language skills are, first of all, so that they know what to expect at different ages and stages. Then they can look at what their kids are doing and really see maybe they're struggling, maybe they're on target. And if they are struggling, then I'm going to be providing video training and strategies, things they can do during play and everyday moments that'll help while they're waiting for the services they need. So how long have you sort of had this idea of of doing this, filling this sort of gap in the, the, the health market, I suppose, for, for kids? You know, I really think it started to come about during COVID. When COVID hit, while it was such a hard, difficult time, at the same time, I think many professionals learnt they were capable of so much more than they thought. You know, it, some people are experimenting in telehealth and digital platforms But I had thought that's going to take me months and months of training to set up. And then in a week, we've pivoted to fully online practice. And many people did that. And it kind of gave that insight, well, hang on, maybe I can do more than I thought. And so that was the seed of it. It was really um, that situation that made me start thinking about what I could do. And then I also became part of a, a business group. And it started me thinking, how do I turn this into a business idea? And it just put me in touch with the right people to develop my thoughts and ideas to work towards building this platform. And now that you've got the NBN Innovate Ground, um, I understand that you're looking at expanding the platform even further to be more of a uh, multi, multi-purpose multi platform. Is that right? Tell us about that. Yeah, it started off with a small idea and then all of a sudden it grew bigger because I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. we really need to provide so much information to parents and there are so many great professionals out in rural areas with so much knowledge and depth of experience and understanding what it's like for parents that the more information we can get out there, the more help we can give And there are so many areas that we can um, provide skills to kids because there are all the allied healths that are crying out for services. So what what sort of professions then do you see being part of this? Oh, I'd love everyone who's involved in childhood health to be involved in this. Definitely occupational therapists, physiotherapists, early childhood nurses, pediatricians psychologists. Um, I'm really interested in the mental health and welfare of children as well, particularly over the last couple of years. We've seen children go through so much change and difficult times and the increase in mental health needs. And that links back to so many different areas of education and well-being that if we can put it together for parents and that we provide big picture information and support, then we know that the kids will be getting what they need because the adults in their lives know what to provide. Mm. So what do you think then the benefits for rural people in particular of having this sort of uh, hub of one place for, you know, resources, information, treatment and care, um, what, what do you think are the benefits in that rural setting particularly? 
I know that we wait for services for a long time and then had to travel for services, usually to a metro or large regional area. Uh, and so I've experienced this myself, that I might have referred someone to a uh, a specialist and we're waiting six nine months I've had my children wait six nine months it just means that that timing that time that they're waiting they're still having something happen for them because the parents feel empowered to do something and that's really important because we're missing critical periods of children's development when we can't give them the services they need at that time yeah and Kylie um, you said that you've got lots of big ideas and this these ideas keep growing and growing now I understand that you really want to take it even further uh, as much as you can to be showcasing other amazing people in rural in your particular area especially but in rural Australia I definitely do. I think sometimes we've got this perception that the experts are in the city or metro areas and that we don't have that concentration of professional support and experience in rural areas. Whereas I see it as the opposite. I see so many women in my community, you know, if we put a map of 100 kilometres around my small locality, you'd find women Mm. doing extraordinary work in so many different areas and I see them as fantastic support for me. And I want to show the world what we've got in rural Australia. I think it's really wonderful what people are doing and how innovative we are. We come up with great solutions. And I think it's so important that we work together to build something really wonderful that says, here we are, this is what we do, and we've got it. Kylie, can you give us some examples of some really good work that so many people in those rural areas just even in your region are doing at the moment they might not be health related but what sorts of things do you see that you find so inspiring oh there's so many to choose from well first of all my business coach um, Mandy has created a wonderful business in Tamworth and she helps so many people build and establish really ethical honest big sky thinking businesses. Uh, She's a great mentor for me. You've got Shanna from Sober in the Country near Narrabri, who's just become the the community, it's the local- Local hero. Local hero um, in the Australian Year Awards. Uh, She's an inspiration. We've got uh, the CEO of CWA New South Wales, not too far away the president of the uh, Rural Women's Association not too far away, wonderful graphic design businesses, you know, and when I say not too far away, sometimes I mean, you know, 50, 60 kilometres down the road, but it's all, uh, it's it's still close for us. And I am so inspired mm, by these right. women. So tell me, what are your hallmarks of success and how are you going to commercialise this platform? Well, I hope to provide really high quality training and ongoing support um, through paid training videos and programs um, and creating and establishing networks of people around the country to help each other and to reduce that isolation a bit. So Facebook groups, 
definitely some mentoring by me to participants in the program, linking them in with other services that might be available. And really, it's just for me, success is knowing that the kids out there who are sitting waiting for help have something so they don't feel lost. That's in my therapy, it's those moments where children take pride in themselves because they've achieved something they didn't think they could achieve is my favourite moments and what keeps me going in my therapy. So that's what I want to see parents be able to do for their own children. And the commercialisation side, so you think through Facebook and those sort of platforms that there'll just be some general advertising and that's sort of how this whole you'll get to commercialise your product? I think it'll be a big learning journey for me to go from the platform I've got now to commercialisation of it. But definitely um, linking in with current parent groups and parent sites out there to show what product I have, um, using things like the Isolated Children's Program as well, linking in with other real services that can spread the word that there's training packages available. And you are going to make this a for-profit platform with uh, different layers of membership and therefore sort of deep dives into different um, products and supports and things. Is that the way it's going to work? That's the way it's going to work, but there'll always be free information out there so that anyone can access the information that they need. So there's going to be different levels of services Mm -hmm. Um, and also information that's presented in multiple ways. So no matter uh, a person's abilities, they can still find the information in their preferred method of viewing. So it might be audio, it might be video, it might be written, it might be small grabs of information. It just depends on the person's need and making it highly mobile as well so that um, you don't want to have to go back and sit down at your laptop when all you've got is your phone. And making it downloadable as well is extremely important because I know that Mm. uh, there are times where we don't have great reception. Um, Thanks to the NBN, it's much better than what it was. I can remember the dial-up days and that's really important Mm -hmm. so that parents can actually sit down and watch when it suits them. Fantastic. Um, Look, I can tell that you um, are very altruistic in your approach to this whole thing, but do you think that allied health professionals as a whole actually really value the, the services that they ha- have to offer? Do they value it enough um, to to feel like they can go commercial with some of these sorts of ideas? I think it's really early days for this, for our profession and other allied health professions. Um, one business that I didn't mention before that does really well and is an inspiration to me is Birthbeat is a program for women who are about to give birth and they, um, instead of going to in-class sessions of antenatal training, they can actually do it online. Uh, So I think there are websites out there doing this currently. It's just that some professions haven't shifted that way. But I think if we're going to reach more people, Uh, we have to look at different ways of delivering our services. The models do have to change uh, and we just have to experiment to see what works. At the moment, this is a big experiment and a huge learning curve for me 
But I find it so exciting because there is research and evidence out there that parent training works. We just need people to get out there and try it. Mm, That's great. So, Kylie, you're showing some amazing leadership then for the allied health sector. Um, you're you're helping parents to feel empowered and enabled to help their kids. Um, you're obviously quite digitally savvy. So, how do you see the rural health sector in years to come, and the role of technology in that? Would you say? I think it's going to become a huge part of how we practice. I think it's moving towards that I think it definitely coming back to COVID the shift there that everyone had to go through to online and telehealth that's really moved a shift to digital health forward than what it would have been I think I think it would have been a good 10 to 15 years before we see it come into the stage we're at now Uh, so we need to keep in mind that face-to-face services are still incredibly important and can never replace um, how we work, but we do need to work differently. We need to think differently and we need to adapt to how the world is. And so what is your call out to other health professionals and practitioners in rural Australia is, you know, how... Is it a fear thing or is it a cost thing about, you know, embracing digital and embracing innovation like this? It definitely it can be a huge financial burden, but at the same time you can do things incredibly cheaply yourself. Um, I don't think you need to wait for the the most amazing platform. You can start off with a WordPress site and Teachable, which is how I'm going um, and getting help as I go along. So it doesn't have to be a huge cost. I think fear of being uh, an early adapter can be a big barrier and you really just have to take the first step and be willing for it not to work. And that's my attitude at the moment is that I'm going to give it a go and see what works, what doesn't, where it can go next and enjoy the ride while it happens. And do you think that technology then is going to be a sort of serious player in trying to make rural health um, equitable? That's sort of the holy grail of what we're trying to do here, isn't it, and fix. So how do you see technology in that equation? That's a tricky one because there's there's two parts (laughs) of me, two ways I think of that one. Part of me feels that um, face-to-face services are so important and I don't want to see um, anyone say that we don't need services, real people on the ground out in rural areas because we have technology. But at the same time, technology can do so much and it's improving all the time and the leaps and bounds will just be extraordinary over the next 10 years. If we think back 10 years ago to where we were in terms of the phones we had, how we worked, even our computers and basic setups, it's just been extraordinary. And I think the next 10 years will be extraordinary as well. I just want to make sure that there's a balance to that I don't think one can replace the other. I think it needs to go along hand in hand. 
That sounds like the perfect answer. Thank you so much, Kylie. It's been an absolute delight speaking to you today about your fabulous uh, Innovate grant and your platform that you're building and um, celebration of all the wonderful rural uh, women in particular in your region and um, and and your courage for, for getting up and, and making digital part of your world. So thank you so much for speaking to us on Build Em Up. Thank you so much. And I just want to encourage all your listeners, all rural practitioners to step outside their comfort zone and try different crazy things because you just never know where it will end up. <laughs> Sounds great. Think it's time to come together and be the spark. Let's be the spark and build them up from the ground up. Don't lose heart and don't lose touch. Build them up to stay in the fight. Gotta keep the hope in the country alive. And thank you for your support in talking up rural health across Australia. And our thanks to NBN, who are lifting digital connectivity and capability across rural, regional and remote communities. If you like hearing upbeat, community-driven health stories like Kylie's, get your monthly build em up podcast by heading to ruralhealth.org.au forward slash build em up Seen tears from channels in the dust Along the lines of the cracks on a face Still the magpies sing